0: Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, Dr. Rita Louise with us. Her book, Stepping Out of Eden. Next hour, we'll take phone calls with her. Louise, let's talk about the Garden of Eden, of course, and Satan. Do you think that creature was real?
1: I have a very interesting take on the whole thing. Okay. Okay things that we find in the mythic record is a very consistent narrative that happened between the sky gods, which are the Caucasian, white hair, beard, white flowing robe people, um, and then these fertility gods that are described as being the half-man, half-snake characters. So the mythic records suggest that these fertility gods actually were the first inhabitants on the earth. And a war occurred between the sky gods and the fertility gods, and the sky gods won. And as they say, you know, the victors write the history. And my feeling is, is that these half-men, half-snake individuals who lived on the earth, who lived either in the depths of the earth, or beneath the waters of the earth.
0: Were they ETs, or were they always earthbound?
1: They were ETs. They came to this planet. All
0: right, they did come down. All right,
1: correct. Um, but they were vilified, and as time moved forward, you know the basic concept of these guys are bad, and you don't want to hang out with them, and you know you want to listen to us, the sky gods and not to these guys, has moved forward. And I think that the concept of Satan just is another iteration of the same battle that they talk about in Myth Around the World with Satan. You know, I mean, in the Garden of Eden, he is portrayed or uh, as being a serpent, or if you look at, like, um, Michelangelo's picture, image of uh, the Temptation of Man, mm-hmm. you know, Adam and Eve are in the Garden of Eden, except Satan has the upper body of a person with serpent legs. You know, and so even the iconography, the imagery that we have of that character has moved forward in time.
0: Why, why come here? What was the purpose? Was it the Zechariah Sitchin theory of the gold in the atmosphere? Why come here?
1: I mean, the mythic record, you know, and I said this a little earlier, but I'll, like, the it this is even more. Um, it's very silent on the why part of things. You know, when I was researching uh, the book E.T. Chronicles, there's an entire chapter just devoted to the looking for gold part. And, you know, I think Zachariah Sitchin has great work, did great research, but I never could find the gold. Um, As far as a reference for them using it for their planet, I could not find references where there are cultures that are digging for gold. I mean, George, I spent literally a month, 10 to 12 hours a day, online, going through books, looking for the gold, and I never could find it. At least not in that context. Um, One of the things that I conjecture in it, is that they used gold to actually cover their bodies, you know, because it is a UV protectant.
0: Mm-hmm. And, right.
1: and so that they were, you know, because they don't really spend, the gods really didn't spend a lot of time on Earth. At least that's what it suggests. And so but they would come here. And so that they use the gold as kind of a UV protectant when they were on the Earth, which is why we have you know, the gods being identified as the golden ones, or we find in Egypt, for example, when you talk about the god king, the pharaoh is buried, and they're buried with a gold death mask, and we find that tradition of this gold death mask very consistent, and that mask makes them look like one of the gods, and it allows them to go into the heavens and be immortal like a god, which to me infers that they were coating themselves with the gold, and that, that might hmm. be why they were digging it up, was to use to protect themselves from UV radiation versus sending it to a different planet.
0: Where did they go, Rita? They disappeared. I think
1: I don't think so George
0: you think they're here mixed in with us
1: you know that whole you know there are certain rabbit holes that I have some issues about jumping into sure
0: (laughs) this is one of them
1: well and that whole human alien hybrid thing you know like in antiquity I can wrap my mind around it a whole lot easier than I can contemporary But, you know, if somebody came and they like their eyes like did the lizard thing, you know, like they say, you know, the Queen of England can do, I'd be good with it. Um, But I think that, you know, the UFO sightings that we see are there are a percent that are extraterrestrials that are still coming here. Um, You know, we hear stories of the reptilians living in underground bases. You know, and I would correlate the reptilians to the half-man, half-serpent gods. I mean, if you think about that just verbal description, half-man, half-serpent, or lizard, it could be a humanoid with reptile kind of skin, even though the pictures we draw of it don't look that way. Um, You know, I think that they still could be here, on the Earth, again, some of this is like rabbit holes that, uh, you know, I don't like going down. You know, but then there's the whole David Icke thing. I mean, I don't know what you feel about him. He's
0: been been on many times. He's been with us.
1: You know, and he suggests that humanity is just, you know, a food source for these extraterrestrials. And that narrative, you know, based on some of the stuff that we see, kind of holds up. And I'm going to give kind of a a funny example, but did you see that movie, uh, Monsters, Inc.? You know, it was the animated
0: thing. I saw the clips.
1: You know, and so basically, you know, it was an animated show, movie. It was actually pretty fun. And the monsters would, they had a machine so that they could get into the closet of little kids. And in the middle of the night, they would open the door and scream the little kids that they would have a fearful emotional response, and from that emotional response, they would save that energy, and that's what powered their city. Interesting. And so too. it was it was an industry, and it kind of makes me wonder because we are moving into and we have been we society makes us be fear based, you know. Oh and sure, as weird of course. Stuff happens. You know you have building or planes crashing into the twin towers. you know we have these traumas that happen just make us more fearful. you know uh, agriculture got us to move into cities, and so there's the dynamics of massive people living in cities you know that brings up more fear because you have more theft and murders and 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 stuff going on and so that's another possibility of. What's going on? You know, and there's a certain level of confusion, Um, and I'm going to use the Sumerian name, I'm going to use Enki, because I think people are familiar with that. Mm -hmm. You know, Enki was one of these fertility gods, the half man, half-serpent kind of character, you know, suggested as being the serpent in the Garden of Eden. And he is identified as being the creator, the genetic engineer of humanity. And so people are like, okay, well, why would he create us? Um, you know, so there's that whole negative thing that, you know, we're just giant batteries for, <laughs> for them. But in the same breath, he's also the one that gave us education, gave us fire, you know. So there are these very beneficial things that have come from him or that group But in the same breath, as they give us technology, it puts us into a more mental frame versus a more spiritual frame where we're more connected with source, you know, and more connected with our truth. So it's a little bit of a conundrum of what the reality is. Uh, The mythic record doesn't tell us, and it would be really nice if, You know, one of these extraterrestrials that are hanging around here would just, you know, fill us in.
0: What do you think of the alien abduction phenomenon?
1: You know, for a long time I had an issue with it, but I am coming more to terms with it on a personal note. Um, I feel like, you know, um, I've become friends with... uh, all right, I'm having a little brain fart here, Travis. Tra- um, Travis Walton. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and I mean, you know that I do psychic work and work as a medical intuitive. Right. So I mean, I can kind of read people good. You know, and something happened to him. And you meet people that claim abduction experiences, and from a energetic perspective, something happened to to them, And I try not to be nosy and, like, look at their stuff, but it's just obvious that there's a huge PTSD situation going on with them. And it's, you know, so I think that...
0: You mean something traumatic happened to
1: them. Something majorly traumatic. Sure.
0: And they all passed lie detector tests. Yes. yes. What, what does that tell you?
1: It, it tells me that something majorly happened to them
0: sure and you know, it, it also tells me whatever happened to them they believe it happened to them and that's exactly. important
1: well and for some of these people it's kind of like they have no motivation to make up some of this because some of these people are the most gracious and humble individuals on the planet and aren't out there looking to have their 15 minutes of fame you know, I think that if they could give it back, they would more than happily give it back and not have the fame, not have
0: the trauma. Yeah, Travis did not expect a book and movie to be done about this situation, about his life, fire in the sky. He, uh, he didn't expect that at all when this tragedy or, or this thing happened to him. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it was a tragedy. What do you think? It was just jarring for him.
1: You know, and I, it just seems like it was just very traumatizing for him. You know, and, you know, I've never really talked to him about his road to wellness and road to wholeness. Um, you know, I think that having more and more people in the community uh, believe him and support him, that, you know, this is a phenomenon that could actually happen, Versus when it happened in the first place, you know, people were like, ah, he's crazy, ah, you know, and having to deal with that. I mean, I think that part is really hard where nobody believes you. It's you have this experience and nobody believes you. And so now you're questioning yourself, like, did this really happen to me? And am I really just crazy and having a psychic break you know, <laughs> or a psychotic break? And so it makes it so that you can be more comfortable in your skin. And so I'm really glad that, you know, there are people out there that share their experiences with people. You know, I know that there's a number of different groups for experiencers. You know, and I have to tell you, you know, ghosts I've seen. I've never seen a UFO.
0: I've seen uh, two UFOs. I didn't think I ever would, but I did with night vision goggles up in Northern California. A few years ago and they were remarkable they were very small but they made 90 degree turns they stopped they kept going way up in the sky at night with night vision goggles but uh, I've never seen anything like that before bugs don't go and stop and make 90 degree turns and stop nor do satellites it was something Wow don't know what it was but it was something
1: And not something normal that you would, that should
0: Definitely not normal. Definitely not. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.